Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you to part nine of our Purpose of Singleness course. Why are you, not why are you single, but why are you insecure? Singleness and insecurities. I'm excited about this topic because we're really going to dive deep into processing the effects of insecurities. And as everyone in the class comes in, I just want to welcome all of our first time uh, viewers who are watching the podcast for the first time or listening to the podcast for the first time. I want to welcome you. Hope this course uh, is a blessing. Hope this video is a blessing particularly. And also hope that if you've been watching for a period of time, I pray that the, this course has been a blessing to you, helping you really process your singleness and really uh, understand the importance of maximizing it. And with that being said, I hope um, um, the words that comes out of my mouth today will be life-changing, life-edifying, and encouraging to you. And so if you're coming in right now, go ahead and hit that like button. If you're new to my channel, you're like, who's this guy? My name is Josh Rezzi, also known as Coach Josh, and it's my goal to help you make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. So if you feel like these content on this channel is a blessing and you feel like this is a good uh, tool to aid you on your walk with God, hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell, um, because we're going to be in this topic of singleness every Thursday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, talking about singleness for the least next few months. But I'm going to go to the chat box and see who's here. And as people are coming in, let me know what city you're watching from, etc., etc. And uh, for those who's watching and listening on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, or YouTube, those who've been a part of this Unpluggers community here online, I just want to say I really appreciate y'all rocking with me, and I and I and I pray um, that 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 uh, that the consistency that I'm offering um, has been uh, growing you and developing you um, by God's grace. So I'm excited that He's using me to do as such. Um, let me go to the chat box and see who's all here. Hey, Jennifer, what's going on? What's up, Marino? What's going on, Shalom? Leandra, what's going on from Philly? What's going on? Hey, fam, much love from Tulsa. Thank you, Sugar Mom, for watching. Old stomping grounds back in my college days. Kelly, what's going on? Hey, everyone, checking in from Maryland. We're ready for this good message. I'm ready to deliver it. I'm ready to deliver it. Uh, uh, Kinwana, thank you for watching from Virginia. What's going on, Stella? What's going on, Ayana? What's going on, Matt, 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 you know, I don't want to butcher your name, but thank you for being a part. I'm glad you're here. And for me as much, hey, Coach, God bless. I have been so committed to your course. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that the course has been such a blessing that you want to stay committed to it. Thank you for being committed. Divine 15, what's going on? Simply, what's going on? How you feeling? Hey, Coach, hope all is well, all is well with me. Thank you. Christopher from London. Jerome in the house from Mississippi. New York in the building, watching from Mississippi, I believe. What's going on? Columbus, Ohio in the building. What's going on? Maisha, Natasha, hey, I'm right on time tonight. It's been a rough, I know, I know. Singleness is not easy. Anything worth having is not easy to grasp. So I pray um, this mess will encourage you um, to stay the course. Jay Diggs, what's up, family? Tristan, what's going on? Everyone's in the building. Massachusetts in the house. Amsterdam, thank you for watching. ATL, hope you guys got your notes. <clears throat> for those who's like, man, I really want more out of this course. Make sure you go to lifework.teachable.com and you'll be able to get all of the course uh, work, questions, activities that goes with each session. Um, it's free. All you got to do is join. Um, and also the whole purpose of what sparked this course is my book, of course, The Purpose of Singleness. Um, are you whole or full your holes? And we're going to get into the content of this book pretty soon. I'm just setting the groundwork of this course. Uh, but I hope that book has been a blessing to you all. Let's get right into it. Today, we're going to be talking about insecurities as singles, singleness and insecurities, or just insecurities, period, because no matter what stage of life you're going to go, uh, find yourself, you're going to find yourself in the midst of the rise of an insecurity. 
And we're going to talk about why are you insecure? The main point for tonight is this. Insecurities flood from the cracks in our foundation. The main point, <clears throat> excuse me, the main premise for tonight is that insecurities flood from the cracks in our foundation. The talking points for this evening is as such. What are insecurities? What causes insecurities? Signs you're insecure and how to overcome the effects of insecurities. Three scripts that we may get into is 1 Corinthians 3, 10 through 15, Luke chapter 6, 46 through 49, and Romans 15, 13. But let's get right into what are insecurities. And we're going to get right into this course. I'm excited for it. And for those who's like, man, I, I got questions, we'll have some time at the end for a live Q&A. For those who's watching me now and you're like, man, for the first time, this video is probably, about, about, probably going to be about an hour and 40, maybe two hours long. The time stamps for every part, main part of the course and the questions will be in the comment section below. And there's some links for you down there as well for more resources and such. Definition. What are insecurities? The definition of insecurity is this. An uncertainty or anxiety about oneself. An uncertainty or anxiety about oneself or lack of confidence. The state of being open to danger or threat, lack of protection. The definition, again, of an insecurity is an uncertainty or anxiety about oneself. The lack of confidence about oneself or the state of being open to danger or threat, lack of protection. Simply put, an insecurity is an area in your life that you're uncertain about, an area in your life that you have anxiety, or an area in your life that you lack confidence, and it affects um, um, in moments where that area is challenged. Also, an insecurity is the state of being open to danger or threat, lack of protection. Anywhere you have an insecurity, you are open for threat. Anywhere you have an insecurity, you're open uh, um, for, for uh, demonic opposition. You're open for uh, uh, your character, poor character to manifest. Anywhere you lack security or insecurity is an area that is potentially threatened. Let's get to the problem. Many singles are lacking the confidence they need to grow into and succeed in their calling. Many singles are lacking the confidence they need to grow into and succeed in their calling. They are allowing life experiences, a poor upbringing, or poor parenting, abuse, mental, emotional, physical, bullying, misinformation, and cultural comparisons to affect their confidence. Many singles are lacking the confidence they need to grow into and to succeed in their calling. They are allowing life experiences, poor parenting, or upbringing, abuse, bullying, misinformation, and cultural comparisons to affect their confidence. Meaning there's a lot of singleness, single individuals out there who are not confident in their singleness. They're not confident in who they are. And that lack of confidence has opened up an area where they will be threatened, where there's opportunity for their mind to be attacked, opportunity for their emotions to be attacked. They are growing in a culture that they've created in their own environment that's causing them not to be confident in who God has created them be because confidence leads to confidence. Contentment. When I'm confident in God and I'm confident in the process that God has me in, contentment bursts. But when there's no confidence in God, and there's no confidence in oneself, then, then there's not going to be any contentment in this season. And God wants you to be content in this season because there's purpose in this season. But if you're insecure based upon bullying, misinformation, poor parenting, or any of the other things, abuse that we talked about earlier, cultural comparisons to a, a, a these things will begin to affect your confidence. 
And so many people right now are allowing these things to affect the process of them developing into the person they need to be, the confidence in God, the confidence in oneself to stand and see the salvation of the Lord. It's important for you and I to stand no matter what season you're in. There's only but so much that you can do in your own strength. And the rest of it, you have to watch the manifestation of God to prove himself and to prove the purpose of one season. But if you lack that confidence in God and you lack confidence in yourself and you are completely unclear, uncertain about the season you're in, then you're going to want to escape that season or 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 just pout and, and, and mope in that season. Let's keep going. Many are putting their trust in movable things. When discontentment is evident, you begin to transfer your dependency into something that is movable. One of the greatest attributes of God is God's immovability, means that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, that he doesn't move, that he is a foundation that you can trust in. And when you've anchored yourself in the right foundation, no matter what storms of life come, you will always find yourself secured, stable, and able. Many are putting their trust in movable things. Money is movable. People are fickle. People are movable. Uh, uh, opportunities are movable. You see what I'm saying? And so when you anchor your life in something that can move, then outside circumstances can affect the, the, the strength and the stability of what you anchor yourself in. That's why I never put my trust, my full trust. Now, when you put your full trust in God, the Holy Spirit would then teach you how to delegate your trust in the right areas but, it, but your whole trust won't be in that area. See, my ultimate trust is not in my wife. My ultimate trust is not in my ministry. My ultimate trust is not even in my own ability. My ultimate trust is in God. And from that platform, I'm able to delegate trust to other things based upon the leadership of the Holy Spirit that enables me not to be moved if my wife is moved, if my ministry's moved, if my money's moved, if my ideas are moved, if my if my uh, uh, desired outcomes for a specific thing moves, I stay still and standing because I put my trust in the immovable individual who is God. Many are putting their trust in movable things. They are anchoring their lives and rooting themselves in things that will inevitably disappoint them, leaving them insecure. Right now, insecurities are rising in your life because of anchoring yourself in something that was movable. Um, when, when your security is in a person and that person no longer is interested in you or that person's character has been proven not to be valid or trustworthy, then all of a sudden now you feel unstable and insecure. When, 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 when you get so caught up in delegating your full dependency and a thing that's movable, you will be inevitably disappointed. Let's keep going. I want to make sure I walk over the walk, walk through the problem again. Many singles are lacking the confidence they need to grow into and succeed in their calling. You have a calling, you have a purpose. There's a purpose for every season in your life. They are allowing life experiences. Let's talk about that. Life experiences. Like, like, like life experiences are pivotal for success. Experiences leads to expertise. See, see, as I go through life experiences, if I engage the experience properly, I can then become an expert from that experience. But if I allow the experience to cause me to lose who I am, if I allow that experiences to dictate who I am and define who I am versus me uh, 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 enhancing who I am from that experience, then I'll never reach the level of expertise. That's why I'm so glad that I went through the things, hindsight being 2020, of course, because I completely understand that as you go 
go through things in life in the middle of the storm, you don't feel quite, um, you don't really have all of the intel that, that, that enables you to be motivated by the experience that you're going through. But when you understand the God that is with you through the experience, then you will embrace the experience and find expertise in it. So that expertise will then lead you to expedite, not expedite, but to develop some type of, of system or process or product or, or whatever to help other people going through something similar. Let's keep going. Poor parenting. A lot of people are insecure right now because because of their upbringing. Listen, God planted you there. No matter how, no matter what type of parent you had or upbringing that you had, God knows exactly where he has planted you. And most people who are looking at the lack of parenting that they may have had or the tough parent that they have endured, instead of being defined by it, let that thing enhance your definition. The original definition that God has for you. Listen, I could have easily spent the next 40 years of my life moping and pouting about how my father wasn't there, or I could change the way I see it and see God in the midst of it and allow that experience to make me not secure or, or insecure because of what I didn't have growing up, but secure in how God, even in the imperfection of my parenting or whatever I experienced, develop, you, see how God woven all that together to make me into the individual that I I am. God uses all scraps to make beautiful things. You got to allow God to use every area of your life to reveal to you he's a, a present help in the time of trouble, that God is near the brokenhearted, that God is bringing and molding everything into peace, letting you know he can be fully trusted. But if you lose yourself in the experience or you lose yourself in how poor your parenting parents were, then you will be defined by that thing. And instead of allowing God to, to, to polish or enhance your, the definition of who you are. Some people use abuse, man, because I went through this emotional situation, mental, psychological situation. Now, I, I don't feel like I'm able to be a, a husband. I don't feel like I'm able to be a wife. Listen, listen, no matter what position you endeavor to have, if you never experienced it before, you're going to feel the rise of an insecurity. When I first got married, man, I never I, I didn't really have. And I'm, I'm being honest, I didn't have an in-home expression of what a father is or what a husband is. So I didn't have no clue, no idea. But let me tell you something. Every position you endeavor to steward it is a supernatural thing. I am supernaturally being a husband that I've never seen. I am supernaturally being potentially or will in inevitably be the father that I've never seen. Just because you've never seen it growing up doesn't mean God can't supernaturally develop you into the person. So no matter what insecurity you have, insecurity starting a book, insecurity starting a business, insecure about doing something that you never done before or never had a front row seat into experiencing, knowing that any position that you endeavor to have, anything you endeavor to become or do, it is a supernatural work of God. Therefore, you have to trust him. You have to abide in him and allow him to supernaturally develop you into a person. But what stifles that supernatural work is the human's free will of dwelling in poor life experiences, poor parenting and abuse. And when your mind gets locked in that it hinders the supernatural developing work of God to manifest itself proving that you can be anything that God wants you to be despite not having it evident in your life I'm a living witness 
So I don't get insecure about being a husband no more because I know it is the work of God for me to be the husband I need to be. It's the work of God that's going to make me be the, don't get me wrong. There will be moments when you're going to be like, God, I don't know how I'm doing this. It'll be sometimes I'll be like, God, I don't know how to do this. But what I've learned in my maturity with God, trust him. God, I am incapable of doing this without you. I am unqualified to do this without you. So God, I'm not going to hinder the flow of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to go with the flow of the Holy Spirit and let him fashion me supernaturally to have the confidence that I need. There's a difference between man confidence, woman confidence, and Christ confidence. You're not going to be able to do anything on behalf of the kingdom of God. And marriage is a product made in heaven. So you understand most other things that we experience in life that are of good, that are good was made in heaven. So there's no earthly person that's able to on their own do anything that was made in heaven. Period. Marriage is a product made from God. Created by God, therefore you need God to do marriage. Parenting is a is a is a is a product made by God, and you're not going to be able to do it without them. No matter what it is, if it was made in heaven, you need heaven to do it. If it's made by God, you need God to do it. So you can read all the books that you want, you can read all the books and try to do all the steps, but if you don't got the spirit of God in the midst. You're going to be taking more step backs than steps forward. Bullying or pressure, misinformation, cultural comparisons. Many people are insecure because they don't have what the next person has. I don't care what another man got. I don't want another man's things. I don't want another woman's things. I don't want it. I want what God has for me because God is only required to endorse or to enable me to do the things that he has created specifically for me to do. I love the text that says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But many people think of that I can do everything. No, I can only do the things, all other things that are that are that are given to me to do by Christ. That's the only way I'm able to do it. I can't do what you do. I'm not going to stop speaking to try to be a rapper. I, God is not going to. God is not going to uh, 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 enable me to be an amazing rapper or to be a, a seamstress or to be a choir director or to be a baseball player. No, that is not in the books for Joshua E.G.K. Eze. That's why I stay in my lane. That's why you are in a race between you and yourself. You're not running against anyone else. Because if you compare yourself, insecurities are inevitable. Or when the rise of the insecurity come, you will dwell in that insecurity. Bullying, just pressure from others, misinformation is what caused people to be insecure. Misinformation about healing, misinformation about money, misinformation about, about who God wants you to be will cause you to become insecure for no reason. Do you know how many people are insecure right now because they've been misinformed? That all of a sudden, because of their color of their skin or the coat, the country they was brought up in, the street they was raised in, or or the products that has been forced down their throat, or the ideas that has been pressed in a specific sect of communities, that all of a sudden now you insecure about financial stability, financial freedom. Now you insecure about owning a home. I remember when I when I got into like, man, can I can I really get a place in my name? And when I got more information, I realized yes, I can. But if you always believe what, what you've seen and, and whatever, you'll think you're not going to be able to do anything. You'll be insecure. And, and but, but when you realize the more information I have scripturally, biblically, divinely mixed with earthly, natural things, you'll be able to say, man, I am actually well able to possess this land. Let's keep going. 
to affect their confidence. Let's go to the next one. Now, what causes insecurity? Now, let's read some text. Uh, let me okay. Let me let me let me go through what causes insecurities, and we'll break down some scripture, and then we'll get into some more points. Now, what causes insecurities? What causes insecurities? Number one, or let's look at the first point. Insecurities stem from cracks in a person's foundation. Insecurity stems from cracks in a person's foundation. Everyone's foundation is where their hope is. Any area in your life that doesn't hope in or trust God will spark the rise of and produce the imprisonment of insecurities. Insecurity stems from cracks in a person's foundation. Now, let's look at 1 Corinthians. Um, let's read some scriptures. 1 Corinthians 3, 10 to 15 says, According to the grace of God given to me like a skilled master builder, I lay a foundation. And someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other that which is laid or has been laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation, now if anyone builds, mean as a choice, you know, you the foundation has been laid. The vine dresser, the architect of the universe, the heavenly father has created a foundational system that is that is securable throughout eternity. That is the man manifested God, the deity and man flesh, the man Christ Jesus is the foundation. The text says now, if anyone builds, that means you have a choice that you don't that, that, that life is about building on a foundation that's immovable. It says, now, if anyone builds on a foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hail, straw, each one's work will become manifested for the day, will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burnt up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only through only as through fire. Now, we'll break that text down. As I go a little bit deeper, but let's look at Luke 6, 46 through 49, where it talks about the house on the rock. It says, 46, why do you call me Lord, Lord? Key, key phrase. He said, why do you call me Lord and do not do what I tell you? <laughs> Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, it immediately fell and the ruin of that house was great. Now, what does that mean? There are two types of foundations. The wise person hears what God says and does it. The Bible says, don't just be a hearer of the word, but be a doer. So when a person hears the word and does it, the Bible says that individual digs deep, digs deep to find the rock. So what that means is that in life, in order to be founded, in order to stifle the rise of insecurities, you got to dig deep. You got to dig deep to find the rock, the rock, not a rock. A, a rock means that there are other rocks that you can build your life on. The text did not say build your life on a rock. That means you can build it on a uh, Muhammad. You can build it on Allah. You can build it on 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 atheism. You can build it on your truth. You can build. That means all right. No, it says the rock. That when you build your life on the rock, the man Jesus Christ, 
and lay a foundation on that, then when the stream has been broken and a storm comes against it, that house will not be moved for it has been well built. Before you build or place another brick on your life, you got to make sure that your life is anchored on the rock. But it also talks about that there are people who hear the word, but don't do it. And these people build on the ground. They build on the sand, other texts uh, alludes to. And when the waters come, it breaks against it because it didn't lay a foundation. Now let's talk about some more of these points. Like we we talked about insecurity stem from the cracks in a person's foundation. Everyone's foundation is where their hope is. Hope, hope, hope. Where is your hope? Where it where what has your hope? Hope deferred makes the heart sick, meaning that whatever you have your hope in other than God will always distance itself further and further away from you. And it will make you sick along the journey because that hope, that thing you put your hope in will not satisfy that hope. Only God is the God is the only one who is able to satisfy hope. Because if you put your hope in a woman and she's fickle and she's everywhere all over the place or put your hope in a man who is all over the place and is not sure about himself, you're going to get sick in the process. Because if you put your hope in anything that moves, you will be insecure. That's why I tell women, do not submit to a man who is not clear from the headquarters heaven on who he is to you and what needs to be done for y'all because you will get sick in the process, emotionally sick, mentally sick, psychologically sick physically sick because you're putting your hope in in one day we might well he said i'm the one and y'all been dating for six seven eight years and he hasn't bring no commitment aren't you sick of it or you a man that put your hope in this career and and this person that said he will promote you or she will promote you and when that person is playing games with you but you still got your hope in that person you see what I'm saying? Then all of a sudden, when that thing continues to be drifting further and further from you, or even if you even accomplish what you're pursuing, any place or height that you reach outside of God will remain a low place for you. It doesn't matter how high you go. Without God, you still going to feel your lowest. No matter how high you go in God, without God, you will always feel low. Ask the guy who's in a Bentley right now, sitting in the parking lot of his mansion feeling empty, feeling low. Look, what about that woman that, that got the got the husband and then three, four months into the marriage, she realized the man was crazy. You got it, but you still feel low because no matter how high you go without God, you still going to feel empty and you still going to feel low. Any area in your life that doesn't hope in or trust God will spark the rise of and the imprisonment of an insecure. Now, what does that mean? That whatever area you're like, if it's your money, if you don't hope in God, if, if it's if it's potentially getting married, if your hope is not in God and trusting that God will bring you the right one, et cetera, et cetera, then it will spark the rise of an insecurity. Now, there's no matter who you are, like the brother said, nobody's perfect. Everybody's going to wrestle with the insecurity. But the mature ones are able to stifle the rise of the insecurity and not be imprisoned by the insecurity. See, when I have children, I never had children before. So that's going to be a natural human rise of insecurity because I've never been there before. But you know who has been in my life at that point before I was even formed in my mother's womb? God. God knows my beginning from my ending. Therefore, he was already in the place I haven't even got to yet before I was even placed in my mother's womb. So I can have confidence that God is already in my parenting season, is already in uh, the next level of my life. He's already there because he, he's the one that prepared it. So he's already 
present in your future marriage. And you ain't even met the person yet, but God is already there. So no matter when you get there as a man and you didn't have a man, a male figure to show you the way, you know that God has already been there because he manifested everything before you was even thought of by your mother and father. That's what give me confidence so I can flow with God now. I can flow with God now because God has already been, is already at the place that I aspire to be. So when I get there, God has already been there so I can be confident. You see what I'm saying? So there's nothing to worry about marriage and children and and entrepreneurship and business and ministry because God has already been there. You just got to go down the path that God is guiding you down. You see what I'm saying? So, so many people go like, but Josh, I'm insecure. I've never had kids. Then when you don't allow God to be who he is in that season, you will try to live vicariously through your kids, putting unnecessary pressure on them. You get that man. You finally got your man. You finally got your woman. But you created false expectations on that person because you're not trusting God who has already been there to show you the way. So no matter who you are, you can stop the rise of the insecurity by knowing the one that was already risen who has already risen and is already currently present simultaneously in your past, present, and future, that you can put your trust and hope in him. That keeps you from, from being afraid. Because God said, man, I already, I already took care of that before you was even thought of, but you got to trust me along the way. Or the potential imprisonment. What happens is people allow insecurities to rise too high, and now they are they are defined by the insecurity, imprisoned by the insecurity, and now they are that insecurity. Well, you know, there's a lot of men who don't even want to get married because they're afraid to be a husband. There's men who make a bunch of babies but don't want to be committed, you know what I'm saying, because they're afraid, they, they're insecure. There's women out there who are just showing their bodies, showing everything, giving, the, giving it up to any man because they're insecure. You see what I'm saying? You got to know who you are in Christ. That's where your true value is, and it keeps you from doing things that's disgusting, and they devaluing your mindset calls you to be in pig pens when you should be in palaces. Now, what people put their hope in other than God, I spell hope, of course, what people put their hope in other than God, people put their hope in H-O-P-E-H, humans. You cannot put your ultimate hope in humans. Humans are not perfect. (laughs) So, so, So many of us, we put our whole hope in the idea of a person. Uh, We put our hope in a person that is, that is in our lives and you setting yourself up to fail. Your ultimate hope must be in God, because if you put your ultimate hope in a human, you're going to be disappointed even when that human has good intentions. You like you can't even put your hope in me. You can't even put in your hope in someone credible. You can't put your full hope. You got to know the word for yourself. Don't put your hope in me. Don't wait for me to teach you something. You can't put your hope in a preacher. You can't put your hope in a man of God or a woman of God. You can't put your hope in any human, because how do you not know five years from now I start talking crazy? I'm, I promise you I'm not. That's my intention. That's my goal because I ain't about to be talking crazy about a God I got to see one day. But who knows? People be putting their trust and hope in man that when that man sins or make a mistake, you lose. You don't judge a faith by, by the people that follow the faith. You judge it by the one that created the foundation of it. So when you put your hope in a human and you put your trust in a uh, pattern your life after them, 
There's nothing wrong with with uh, having role models and mentors, but your hope has to be in God. I love my pastor. I love Pastor Robin Gould, man. I appreciate who he is in my life, but I can't put my whole hope in that man. He's still a man. No matter how integral or credible he is, God is my ultimate hope. So it doesn't matter what Pastor Gould does or doesn't do. I'm not moved because I got God. I see him for who he needs to be seen as. No matter how great of a mentor is, I see him as he is supposed to be seen separate of how I see God. God, I see God higher than I see anyone in this realm of life. And that's what keeps you from being offended. That keeps that helps you from being um, um, an idolatry. It keeps you from being mentally, emotionally affected because you see even good people at the place they need to be seen. No matter how much I love my wife, I would do anything for my wife. I can't put my ultimate hope in her, no matter how great of a woman she is. Because if I do, even the smallest mistake she makes, it, it will put too much pressure on her. And then I would build unnecessary resentment because I made her more than who she needed to be. Now, do I trust my wife? Do I love my wife? Yes, but I don't hope in my wife for salvation. I don't hope in my pastor for salvation. I don't hope in any other person because people make mistakes, even with good intentions. We're not talking about bad, horrible people. We're talking about good, solid people you still can't put your hope in. Because if you do, it's not their responsibility to be to carry your hope. Hope is too heavy for any human to carry. Your hope in another person, your dependence in another person is too heavy for them to carry. Because they, they're going to disappoint you because of your false expectation. It is not Pastor Goose's responsibility. It's not my wife's responsibility. It's nobody else's responsibility to carry my hope. Because if I get disappointed because I put my hope in them, it's not even their fault. It is my fault. That's why it's easy to forgive anyone. Because you look at yourself, oh, okay, I put too much stock in them. Or I didn't see them the way they should have been seen. So I'm not even going to be mad at you. Forgive, Father, forgive them for, for they know not what they did. Because if they truly knew what they was doing, they probably wouldn't even did that that they did to me, which put me in a place of resentment and unforgiveness. That's what keeps me walking in love in all men, with all men and all women, because I know people make mistakes. As long as my hope is in God, I'm always straight. I can walk in any room and not feel insecure. I don't care who preaches off. I don't care who that because my hope is not brown nose and to elevate myself to a platform. I'm, a, I'm in position with God. That's what keeps you from uh, juking and jiving and dancing and to get your way to a place. No, I know God. My hope is in God. Promotion doesn't come from the east or west. It comes from God. So I won't have to worry about being insecure in a place I'm supposed to be a king in. I don't have to worry about being insecure in a place that I'm supposed to dominate in because God is only going to enter me in rooms that I'm supposed to dominate. So why am I going to be insecure? But we get insecure when we get into rooms and start comparing pockets, start comparing statuses. I don't care how much money that person has over me. It ain't got nothing to do with the treasures I got in heaven because it doesn't matter what room you in. He can have more money than you, but don't got a dime in heaven. So I don't compare my life earth to earth, earthly to earthly things. I compare earthly to eternal. You can have all the money in the world, all the cars, more cars than a 16 car garage can hold. But do you got a mansion in heaven, my brother? That keeps me secured in Christ because my hope is in him. What people put their hope in other than God, people put their hope in, oh, opportunities.
opportunities if I just have the opportunity. Oh, when I get the opportunity. So your hope is in something that hasn't even materialized yet. And then when that opportunity has been deferred or it hasn't been as clear or desirable as you desired it, now your hope is messed up. Listen, my, I have I don't get caught up in future opportunities. I focus on the opportunities I have now. That's why I don't get caught up on the opportunities of the husband I could be. I try to maximize the opportunity of, of the husband I am now. I don't sit there and be like, well, let me let me just practice sin and I hopefully one day I no 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 no. I gotta maximize the opportunity I have as a husband now. I can't worry about the opportunities of children. I can't now you can prepare for opportunities, but I can't put my hope in that opportunity that I become distracted from the opportunity I have now. So many people's hope is in future opportunities that they're mismanaging their current opportunity that that is present life to set them up to be successful for when the other opportunity comes. So you are so caught up in the opportunity potentially to be married, but you're not maximizing the opportunities in your singleness. Singleness is a great opportunity to become who you need to be for every stage. Singleness is not just a season for marriage. It's for the seasons that that includes marriage. See? Singleness is not exclusively for marriage. Singleness is preparing for the seasons that includes marriage, that includes parenting. So if you're just preparing for marriage, but you ain't preparing for ministry, you're not preparing for mission, you're not preparing for life, then all you're doing is going to be a good housewife or a good good husband, but you're not able to maximize what that position will prepare you for. Singleness not, is not just exclusively for marriage. Singleness is you maximize it to prepare what includes marriage, what includes parenting. So singleness is preparing for the next phases of my life. Singleness is an opportunity for you to mature. It's an opportunity for you to to clear out anything that's going to destroy what you endeavor to have. That's why you have to ask yourself, where in my life am I leaking? Where in my life am I not whole? Because I'm over here looking for the next opportunities, but distracted from this opportunity and then get mad at God when God doesn't make the opportunity available. Could it be the reason why God has not made opportunities available to you is because you haven't maximized the opportunity he has already made available to you? Why would God add something else into your life if you haven't managed well the thing that he has already placed in your life? You got to change the way you see your singleness and see it as an opportunity to be maximized for the next phases of your life. What people put their hope in other than God, people put their hope in P, their pay, or in other words, money. They put their hope in their pay. Um, if I could just make this much money, if I, 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 my hope is in the Bible says you can't serve God and money. Uh, people put their hope in their money, man. Money, money, man, listen. I'm so glad that I am connected to the bank of heaven that I'm connected to favor, that I don't have to worry about nothing. 
I don't have to worry about being quarantined. I don't have to worry about martial law. I don't have to worry about uh, uh, who, uh, where my next dollar comes from. Because you know what? It's this thing called daily bread um, that God provides for. That that, that I'm not going to worry about the bread I don't have in the oven now. I'm going to be appreciative that God has already baked the bread for me today. First, I'm so glad that he sent the bread of life, the man Jesus, that I can continuously be full off of his fulfillment. I can stay full because he fulfilled his purpose. That means my soul and my mind can stay full because my mind is constantly eating off or processing, digesting the salvation that has been processed in my life. Therefore, I don't have to worry about where, where my money going to come from or where my next piece of bread going to come from. I don't got to worry because I already have it. My I have my the bread of life and I have my daily bread. That's why uh, I don't mind enjoying the day. I don't mind uh, filling my tank. I used to be the type of guy, I'm still working at this because you have a poor mindset. You grow with a poor mindset. and But it's, it could be just good stewardship. I'll be the guy sometimes, like, let me just put $10 right now. Let me put $10. You know what I'm saying? Now I'm like, you know what? God, be like, fill your tank. All right, God, I fill my tank because I know that God is going to supply all my needs according to riches glory. As long as I'm a good steward, as long as I'm taking care of my responsibilities financially, but I can't get so caught up in putting my hope in my pay or become insecure because I don't make as much money as the next man. I don't care how big your portfolio is. I don't care how much money you have. I am connected to a higher currency that God can even cause you to make, cause my own enemies to be my footstool, cause people that hated me to pay me. So I'm not worried about your hate. I ain't worried about what anybody got to say. God may use you to pay my debt. God may use you to pay anything that I I want next. So I'm not worried about when my next money comes. As long as I'm steward the money I have now, as long as I'm taking my taking care of my responsibility and being a steward over my dollar and my money, but I can't put my hope in it that I that my value is determined by how much money I have in my bank account. That I am only who I am based upon the money that I have in my account. That's not where your value is. Keep stewarding your money, keep sowing your money, keep being led by the spirit when it comes to your money. Trust God with it. But do not put your hope in it. Trust God with it, but don't put your hope in it. People put their hope in either their efforts, their accolades, their accomplishments. That what leads people to burnout when you put your hope in your efforts. I, I got to make this happen. No, you do what you're supposed to. That's why when, uh, I used to grow up in the era where people like don't sleep. Don't get no sleep grind. You sleep when you're dead. Hold up, hold up. You you will be dead sooner if you don't sleep. I realized, man, I got caught up in an era that means that that led me to work long nights and work all the time. And so I realized I'm burning myself out. I'm working so much that I'm not even giving God the opportunity to manifest his already done work. God had already did his part from his part in my life. It is just being manifested as I as I'm led by obedience. So God is not working, making things happen for me. He has already made things happen for me based upon my obedience. When I get into the proximity of what he has already made happen, then what he has already made happen before the foundation of the world on my behalf becomes unfolded. See what I'm saying? So God's not out here working and sweating and tired, working on your life. I don't built you this and I didn't. No, no, God said I've already done it. It is all based upon your releasing of your free will into my hands that I will then use that to lead you into where my work has already been done 
for you before you was even fashioned or formed in your mother's womb. That if you, through leadership of the Holy Spirit, get within proximity based upon your obedience, it will unlock or unleash or reveal what I have already done for you. So you don't have to burn yourself out working two or three or four jobs. Could, could it be that you're working so hard to pay off something, to do something, to do that, to have this kind of life that God has already paid for? Wouldn't, it, wouldn't you be disappointed at yourself that you worked so hard to pay for something that God has already pre-foreordained for somebody else to pay for it, for somebody else to do it for it? I don't mean you just get an unnecessary debt. We're not talking about that. We're just talking about things you aspire to have, that you working, you busting your behind and working too hard for a house when God already built the house for you or has already uh, 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 worked on your behalf to approve you or to position you to have what you're working and burnout level four, God said, man, you don't got to work that hard for everything. Some of the things I already paid for before you was even thought of, before you was even born, I paid for your salvation through my son, Jesus. So I, I, I've already paid for things beforehand, before you was even born. So you got to constantly stay in the flow of the Holy Spirit so you'll know what to pay for and what not to pay for to wait for God's favor to manifest. Everything ain't always about finances, my friends. Something is about just letting the favor of God. Do you know how much stuff? I, do you know how many free foods I've gotten? Do you know how many times God told me to go to this restaurant and I, didn't, I left my wallet home and I got free food because I was obedient? It happens to me all the time. That's why I'm always sensitive to my own spirit. That's why I don't get worried when I don't have my wallet. I don't get worried when I don't have something in my disposal. God, if the Holy Spirit says, Josh, you hungry? Yeah, God, I'm hungry, man. I want something good. God be like, go ahead, go ahead. And then I get into this conversation. The person in front of me pays for my meal. I get in a conversation with someone behind me. I'm like, man, I got you. Oh, man, I watched your video, man. No, I got this. It happens all the time. That's why when you grow with the flow of God, you will always find the favor of God. When you constantly are in the flow of God, you can't help but find the favor of God that has already been placed before you was even formed in your mother's womb. What well, people put their hope in other than God that causes insecurities to rise or leads to imprisonment. People put their hope in H, humans, O, opportunities, P, their pay. E, their efforts. Now, Satan's strategy against our hope in God. The reason why I want to talk about hope when it comes to insecurities, God has opened my mind into understanding why insecurities are there is because of deferred hope or uh, um, people not putting their hope in God. Oh, y'all ain't know I got the new shirt on? Are you whole? It's the bucket. It's the whole bucket. See this bucket right here? It's the bucket with the holes in it. This the bucket right here that lets people know, hey, you can be whole only by the help of the Holy Ghost. On my website now if you want to get it. Um, Satan's strategy against our hope in God, like I was saying. Um, God had me really processing this while I'm developing this talk. He was letting me know that, man, the reason why people are insecure is because there are cracks in their foundation. Because of poor parenting, but because, or more ultimately because their hope is in the wrong places. Let's keep going for time. I've been going 45 minutes now. Satan's strategy against our hope in God. Six things that he does. <clears throat> All rhymes with hope. I worked hard on this, so follow me. Satan's strategy against our hope in God, because he knows if we hope in God, we he, he has no uh, um, help against us. Uh, when our hope is in God, we cannot be moved. When our hope is in God, we cannot lose. When our hope is in him, we good, bro. 
Satan's strategy against our hope, number one, put something shiny or new within our scope. In order for us to lose our hope in God and not hope in him, he puts something shiny and new within our scope. He puts something new and shining in our scope. He wants to put something in your eyes and say, you know what? This is the pathway to life. This is what's going to validate you. This is what's going to make you important. This is what's going to secure you in life. When Eve ate from that fruit, she thought she was going to be secured for life. He doesn't care about the consequence. He just sells the dream. He loves selling a dream. He wants you to believe that this new shiny thing, this new shiny concept, y'all, is always the mind. He brings things to change the way you think. He puts something new and shiny within your scope. Number two, to convince us to transfer our hope from God into what we have in our scope. How he transfer our hope is to do comparisons. And when a person is not clear about the attribute of God, they're not clear about who God is. All he got to do is lie to you about God, lie to you about Jesus and talk about Jesus was this kind of way or God is this and God is that. God didn't surely you're not going to surely die. God did God really say he always tries to compare you. From your vantage point and your fickle mind and your limited mind to make comparison. You can't trust your mind in this low level life. And I'm, I'm talking about you as a low level, but in this realm of life, we are in, we are incapable to even think of God, let alone to compare him to something else. But since we want to be God so bad, we want to make the comparisons. I'm not going to trust God's way. I'm going to go get me my own man. And that's why you got women out there making men and uh, pursuing men and men out there. You know, I'm going to do what I want to do because the devil think makes you believe that you are smarter than God, makes you want to think that you're wiser than God. So he tries to make you make comparisons. There's new shiny thing and this old car. But this new shiny car doesn't have an engine. So what he does is he wants you to make you believe that look at the outward appearance. God is antiquated. God is old school. God, man, God is just this. He can't see. He old. God is old. And he brings this new shiny theory, idea, concept, worldview. And then you start making comparisons and then you start judging God based upon all this different validation that the devil tries to put in your mind. Well, look at Christians. Christians can't be true. Look at God didn't come through for that person. They, ain't got me, they, ain't got, they don't know what they don't know what that person did with their own free will. And so people start judging God based upon the hidden sins or hidden practice of the person's life and don't realize that God ain't had nothing to do with that person making them dumb decisions. So what we do is he says, man. In order for me to transfer a person's hope from God into something else is to make them make comparisons, to make them feel like they're God, to judge God. God can't be judged because you ain't judge enough to judge God. So what he does is he puts something shiny or new within your scope. Boop, comes within frame. You see this? She got a man. He got his wife. So what he does, he brings something similar that looks like what you done saw in your new scope. And then you start transferring your hope from God into what you now have in scope, the idea, the theories. We're not talking about the individual. We're talking about the ideas. We're not talking about the tangible thing. We're talking about the theories. He goes through the mind first, and then he brings the tangible and, and or the, or the, or the uh, manifestation of the idea or the seed that he's placed in your mind. Number three, he puts something shiny or new within your scope. Number two, to convince us to transfer our hope from God into what we have in our scope. Number three, to make what's in our scope dope. Dopamine. 
dopamine. He knows that that's a chemical released in the mind to make a person feel valid, to make a person feel connected, to make a person feel uh, uh, intimate with. He wants to make what's in your scope to release dopamine, to give you a false feeling of satisfaction, a false feeling of, of, of indiv individuality, a false sense of, of, of life. And so now he makes that thing so dope that it becomes a drug and it becomes something that, that you can't help but have because it releases a chemical. It releases, that's why you can't awaken things before a time because when your body, which was supposed to be led by the spirit of God, renewed, refurbished by the spirit of God in a new level of living that is no longer affected by chemical imbalances in your body, pulled upon because of emotional distress or emotional desires. But now when you don't have that anymore, no, no uh, solid foundation, now you've been with that guy for so long, all those chemicals are not imbalanced. You don't awaken love before it's time. Dopamine is released in your mind. And now you look at this thing beyond it is supposed to, it's value. And now you determine this thing as being your ultimate hope, inevitably disappointed. He makes what's in our scope dope. And all of a sudden, man, why am I so attached to this thing? Because you're being detached from the from the, the person, the man Christ Jesus. He put something shining anew within our scope to convince us to transfer our hope from God into what we have in scope. He then makes what's in our scope dope. And number four, once addicted, calls us to go down a slope. All of a sudden, you start slowly decaying. Now, all of a sudden, when you're not, when you when you lose sight of who you are in Christ, you get caught up in poor doctrines. You get caught up in poor theology. You start getting caught up in different things, different ideas or concepts of life. You start going down a slope. I've seen it with so many people. They was once on fire from God, and that new scope, that new theory, that new idea got within their scope, and now you begin because real recognize real. You can fake people who are not at a mature level, but when there's mature people in God, they can see you sliding down that slope. Once addicted calls us to go down a slope. And number five, once at the bottom of that slope, implement a new addiction to help us cope with being at the bottom of that slope. So now he says, I've already used the attraction. The attraction got you, caused dopamine to be released. Now you're going, and now that attraction leading you down a slope. And then the, the enemy says, I used an attraction to get you to at your bottom, at your lowest. And now I'm bringing in an addiction. He used an attraction that got, that sparked the, 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 the fun part of the addiction. And now I bring in alcohol, drugs. I bring in individuals. I bring in other things to deepen the addiction to help you try to cope with being at the bottom of that slope. And last but not least, they leave you to mope. Oh, you're done now. The cycle got you now. Demons don't work that hard on people who are caught up in cycles. They don't work that hard on people like that. Because that person, the, the cycle is destroying them. Demons don't even got to monitor them. Demons know the alcohol is monitoring to them. The drugs is monitoring to them. The, 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 the woman that's, whose heart's not for them, the man whose heart's not for them is, is monitoring to them. I don't got to monitor them. But the moment you try to break that cycle, that's when they try to come back. But if you caught up in that cycle, demons ain't like, man, they, why going to waste our time on them when I can go distract this other person who's on fire for God? Satan's strategy against our hope in God, put something shiny or new within our scope to convince us to transfer our hope from God into what we have in our scope, make what's in our scope dope. Once addicted causes to go down a slope, once at the bottom of that slope, implement a new addiction to help us cope with being at the bottom of a slope. And number six, leave us there to mope and be in a cycle of what causes to be at the bottom of that slope. Now, real quickly, 
That's why, let me make sure I read this text here. That's why it's important for you to build your foundation on the rock so that you can't be enticed. You'll be like, man, I can recognize the devil's scheme from afar, as far as from the east is from the west. I can recognize it because I know, I'm anchored, I'm sure. That's why you got to know how to handle the rise of this. We're going to get there. That's why I want to make sure I kind of speed up my time here. Now, signs you have insecurities. Of course, I spelt the word insecurities. I-N-S-E-C-U-R-I-T-I-E-S-I-E-S. Signs you have insecurities. I, you desire to always impress people. Signs you have an insecurity. I, you always try to impress people. Listen, I don't, I, why impress people that I was called to impact? I'm not caught up to impress anybody because I've already been impressed. I am pressed in my life. So I'm not impressed by anything created when I have been impressed by the creator. Now I'm focused on impact. You know, you will struggle with the insecurities when you are always trying to impress people who is not the one that has the imprint pressed on you. I'm here to impress and to, and to honor and to give glory to the one whose print I bear, whose image I bear. I don't care how much I look like my mother or my father. It doesn't matter how similar I am to my friends. It doesn't matter what. I am not validated by their print. I'm in that. My validation comes from the print of the one who I, whose image I bear. You know you struggle with insecurities when you have too much time, when you don't have no time to impact people, but all you do is impress people. Man, you don't got time to impress people. These people are fickle. You impress them. They take your impression to the next level. And then now when they know they got you, they can control you by making you jump through hoops and jump over walls to get to get their attention. Do you know whose attention you have right now? You have God's attention. That's why I don't care about impressing nobody. That's what people be like, man, coach, or Josh, Josh, or Mr. S, no matter where I'm at, they're like, Josh, don't be caring. My wife be laughing at me because some of the stuff, some of the stuff I wear. And some of the stuff I do, because I'm like, I'm not here to impress nobody. I'm not saying she wants me to impress people. And don't get me wrong. My wife is supposed to. That's what wives do. They, they make you look good. They make you look better. But for me, I'm like, man, they ain't here to impress nobody. They know they're annoying. They see the glory of God on my life. I don't need to adorn the outside of my flesh to get into any room. I don't, if, 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 if I'm not called to that room, I don't want to be in that room. And if I do enter a room and, and, and I'm, at, I'm, at, I'm not at the class of all the people, I know who I represent. So you got to get out of trying to impress people because the more you're trying to impress people, you lose sight on impacting the people that are intrigued about the gift inside of you. Signs you have insecurity and you always need people near or not so near. You know you're insecure when you always got to have people or you always got to be isolated. Insecure people, people who are struggling with insecurities or have been imprisoned by it, a sign is, man, you always got to have people around. You don't like to be by yourself or you like to be by yourself all the time because you're not, you don't feel confident being around people. Social anxiety is another, another term from it, that you don't have no confidence in yourself. You, you don't think you're pretty enough. You don't think you're handsome enough. You don't think you qualify enough. That's why this message is here to liberate you, to get you from thinking that you need people. Don't get me wrong, you need people, but your ultimate need is in God. I'm not saying you need people, but people need you. They need the hope that's in you. But so many people, I gotta have a bunch of people around to feel like something. That they only feel electric when they're around people. They all need the energy of people. 
And when you get so caught up like that, you'll never have time for God to find yourself. Or if you're a person that says, you know, I have social anxiety issues. I don't like to be around people because I don't I don't have what she has. That's why I listen. Let me free from the social media era. This stuff is fake, man. You're talking to somebody that grew up all my teenage years was without social media. <laughs> so 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 we had AOL instant message. I had to sit there and wait about 15 minutes. I had to wait 15, 20 minutes for the internet to come on. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so I grew up in an era where you got them jokes face to face. I ain't get, I, I had to worry about getting no jokes from people I couldn't see. I got them jokes from people. I got bullied. I got picked on. I was able to survive it and come strengthened from it. But these people in the social media era, you got to liberate yourself from that, man. That stuff is fake. That stuff ain't got nothing to do with you. It's a bunch of people who are insecure talking about or trying to pull insecurities out of other people to feel secure themselves. I don't, I don't care about no thumbs down. I don't care about no negative comments. I don't care about that because you can't get caught up in in, in people insecure, insecure wars. Well, I, I, if I put you down, then I can feel secure. No, you got to be able to walk in any environment knowing who you are in Christ. I don't have a degree. I don't have a lot of things that makes be qualified in the world sense, it don't matter about qualifications. It's about the one who's qualified me, the one that has called me. You hear me? So you don't got to worry about impressing people or being around people. But if you struggle with that, you have a sign that you're insecure. Another N, sign that you're insecure, you always see the negative. You know you're insecure when you always see the negative. See, no matter what negative negative thing is in my life, or if I see negative, I always endeavor. I have programmed my mind to see the positive in every negative situation because I've been through a lot of negative situations. That's why I'm so glad I would not change my childhood for nothing. I'm so glad I know what it's like to eat bologna and fried bologna and cheese sandwich. I'm glad I was able to eat syrup sandwiches. I'm glad I was I went through eating ramen noodles and cutting lights on and seeing roaches flee. I'm glad I went through that because I learned at a young age to see the positive situation. No matter what we, my wife can attest you. It don't, I'm not moved by nothing because I've been through something. It's, I ain't moved by nothing because I've been through something. See, that's why I let God get you. Let God pull you through the mess to produce a message. That's why people be like, God, get me out of this. But then when you get out of the mess, you're like, oh, I got a message now. I know how to endure hardship as a good soldier. I know, so I don't got to worry about what I'm talking about. I don't got to worry about negative situations. That's why I don't care about what's going on in the news. The news can affect heaven. The, the news in this earth realm can affect God's news for me. The bad news of the, of the world cannot affect the good news, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So why get caught up in the news? Corona what? What Corona going to do to me? If it ain't my, if, listen, what Corona going to do to me? Ebola didn't do nothing two years ago. The Y2K didn't do nothing in 2000. Anthrax didn't do nothing for me in 2000 and what? So why am I getting so caught about some Corona? The bad news of this world ain't got nothing to do with the good news of Jesus Christ. You got to see the positive in every negativity in order to succeed. And listen, it don't matter what happens, man. I, listen, go, go and get that spam. Go, we're going to get this baloney and pray over the baloney. You know what I'm saying? The cheese, cheese in it. I don't know what government cheese from the big block of cheese that don't melt. Listen, listen, we're going to make it work. Get a candle. We're going to play some Uno. What? You don't think I was raised in a house where the lights didn't get paid for a couple of days? It had candles lit and ain't no hurricane came through town, no tornadoes. Ain't, ain't no ain't no weather, no elements came through here, caused my lights to be out. Lights was out because we just didn't have it. 
You see what I'm saying? And so what we do, it's told stories. That's, let's see, back when I was five, people telling stories, playing Uno, playing checkers, bring the flashlight, making good at a bad situation. We talking about if, if negative situations come, be positive. Signs you have an insecurity, another end, you nitpick. You nitpick. You nosy. You nitpick. You insecure when you nitpick. Always taking the little things, making, making mountains out of every molehill. You insecure when you always got nitpicks. Stop looking at everybody else's life and look at your life. Look at look at the beam in yours, not the speck in your brother's. That's nitpicking. Let me let me get that speck out of your eye. That's nitpicking. Why you do that? Why you always come here? Why you always doing that? In the meantime, you smacking the folk with the beam in your they're looking at you like this. Ducking your beam. Why you won't let me get that out your life? Because I'm ducking your beam, bro. You over there trying to take this speck out of my eye. I'm trying to make sure I ain't knocked out from the beam that's in your eye. Always nitpicking. Another end, signs you're insecure. You're never genuinely happy for others. You know you're insecure when you ain't happy that your best friend got married. You know you're insecure. If you cannot know, if you cannot be genuinely happy as for someone else's success, you are insecure. You should always endeavor to be genuinely happy for somebody else succeeding, even if, it's even if it's before you. Because aren't y'all in the same line? Just because they got it first, you see what I'm saying? Just because they got it first don't mean they better than you. It could just mean that God has his timing for you. You know a sign that you're insecure? Another end, I don't have it here, but you're nosy. That goes with nitpick. You just nosy. And everybody else's business. Stop sniffing everybody else's life and sniff how bad you smell. People's noses in so many places smelling everybody's business, but you stinking in the whole process. You got to smell yourself because when you smell yourself, you go change yourself. Oh, that's me. Oh, I thought that was you. Oh, that was me. Oh, that's me. That's me stinking up this marriage. Oh, that's me stinking up my children's life. Oh, that's me stinking up my money. Oh, all right, let me go bathe. Let me go get washed by God because that's me stinking. But nosy people, come here. And they're like, why are you smelling me? You so you don't want to smell bad? Nosy. Signs, you have insecurity. S, you have social anxiety. We already talked about that. You have social anxiety. You don't like to be around anybody. Listen, I, you don't have to worry about being anxious. The Bible says, don't worry about what you have to say. For in that very hour, I'll give you everything you need to say. There's no need to be anxious or nervous for the interview. And if that's the if that's the if that's the place that you God wants you to view from 40 hours a week, you don't got to worry about the interview. Just prepare yourself, but don't have no social anxiety. Another S signs you have insecurity, you shun off or avoid what you need to address. People are insecurity always try to avoid, shun off. They shun off. I don't want to deal with that right now. I like what this insecurity is bringing me. Misery loves company. Insecure people love company. So what happens is I, I don't want to address that because, because I'm afraid to address it. If I address it, then I'm the reason. I'm the reason why I'm stuck in this season. Could it be that you're the reason why you're stuck in the season of singleness? Could it be you? It's not even God. It's not even the devil. It's you. You see what I'm saying? Oh, because I'm shunning off what I need to address in my life. And like I said in many videos, whatever you do not address now will undress you later. It's best to address it now when no one's watching than trying to address it after he has already undressed you.
Size you have insecurity, another S. You have oh. That's oh, that's E. Okay. Signs you have insecurity. C, you crave approval and attention. You always want to be at the center of attention. Signs you have insecurity, you always want to be the center of attention. It's all about you. The Bible says it's better for you to take the lowest seat in the in the, in the house, in the room, and, the, and being brought to that seat than to take the highest seat in the room and being told you have to sit somewhere else. It's better for you to, it's always important for you to be little in your own eyes. It's best for you to always be humble. It's always best to go into the room quiet because if you go into the room quiet, people are going to be curious on why you're so quiet. Now you have the power of the room and put you on game. When you walk into the room peaceful and quiet and you're not looking to be the center of attention, you're going to have the attention of the room because people are going to wonder why you don't want the attention of the room. There's a lot of people that's in the room fighting for the attention of the room because they want the money. They want the opportunity. They want that man. They want that girl. But when you walk in there and you sit in the corner, trust me, you will get the attention of the room. I go into rooms and the attention of the room becomes mine because I'm attentive to the room. I'm wondering what demons in this room. I'm, I'm playing chess in the room. I've already formulated your personality trait. I already developed your pattern skills. I already heard your words and determined what your faith level is. So therefore, when it's time for the room to give me its attention, I've already played my attention to it. And now the attention of the room is mine for me to delegate wisely in. That's why you got to walk into rooms quiet. Observe. Look so that you'll know how to navigate, know where your exes are, know where your interests are, know when to be sensitive to the spirit of God, to know what to say to who and to how versus jumping into the room and did no analysis of the room, did, 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 did no um, process of the room. And now you throw yourself in a situation. Now you're fighting against other people's insecurities. And now you walk out the room empty handed. Every room I go into, I observe it first. I sense it first. And then in a the matter of time. I'll have the attention of that room. Signs you have an insecurity, you showcase everything. These people with these YouTubes, these Instagrams of their couples, every time I turn around, I see I see your whole life. Man, that's why people are like, man, coach, why, why you don't show everything? Because everything I have is valuable. I only show you what I want you to see. I don't show you everything I see. Because if I show you everything I see, then you have a chance to blind what I see through your opinion, through your whatever. Secure people, secure things. Insecure people show everything. Secure people, secure everything. Insecure people show everything. See what I'm saying? So if you always showcasing everything, you insecure because you want other people to feel envy of you. People who are who are who are uh, insecure want people's envy. They want people to envy them. Oh, I want a car like him. I want a man like her. I want a wife like him. What? Who cares? Because if you let everybody know where you stay, where you pay, where you slay, you see what I'm saying? Then people are going to get it, sticky, dirty hands, corona hands, all in your stuff. Signs you have an insecurity. Another C, you complain a lot. Self-explanatory. You just complain a lot. Signs you have insecurity, you're cocky. You can't take compliments and you're controlling. You're cocky. Cocky for what? Stuff. You can't take a compliment. You're thinking everybody's, you just can't take compliments. Or you're controlling. Signs you have an insecurity, see? You're controlling. You can't take compliments and you're cocky. You, signs you have insecurity, you're uncertain about who you are and what you are here to do. That's a lot of us. All of us have been there. But sign that you are dealing with insecurity is when you stay uncertain. 
sign that you're in security is that you stay uncertain and you don't want to know who you are because you're afraid of who you could be. The thing that people are afraid of is not, they're not afraid of what's coming against them. They're afraid of who they can be. They're not afraid of who they are. They're afraid of who they can be. So they shun who they can be because they feel that's too much. Of course it's too much because you can't do it without God. Let's keep going for time's sake. Signs you have an insecurity are you fear rejection. That's what leads to social anxiety. I don't fear rejection. Not no more. Because rejection is my protection. Rejection is my projection. So when someone rejects me, now I can project. Okay, you have the equation. Okay, cool. Now I know. Now I can project something new. <laughs> rejection is now my protection. If you reject me, then that you didn't reject. Some people just don't reject you because they reject the God in you. So if you reject me, just when people reject you, Ali got a water and basin. The Bible talked about when the disciple, all you got to do is dust the dust off your feet. Or you reject me or you don't think I'm good enough for you. Have you looked in the mirror? Have you seen yourself and you're rejecting me? Go right there outside that office. We talking about if you good quality. Now, if they reject you because you just, you know, you ain't good at what you do. Don't get, ain't it crazy how people talking about they reject me. They rejected you because you, what? You ain't even good enough for them. No offense. Most people get mad at rejection, like, oh, she rejected me. No, because you ain't you ain't told her what y'all was. She rejected you because you approached her wrong. He rejected you because you ain't covering yourself. People, oh, he, they rejected me. Uh, no, because you know what? You're not a good worker. No, everybody's rejection is not because of them. Sometimes people reject you because it's you. But they fear rejection. Signs you have an insecurity, you reach out for addictive substance. You know you are struggling with insecurities when you're drinking, smoking, sleeping around. Signs you have insecurities, I, you let other people define your identity. I go to God to get my identity. I don't care what this country got to say about me. I don't care what people got to say about me. I don't care about what demon. My identity is in Christ. You know you have an insecurity. When you are still being, you are living the definition of what your mom said about you. You're still living the definition of what your dad defined you as. You're still living the definition of what the white man said, living the definition of what the black man said, still living the definition of what politicians say, still living the definition of what people, only definition I'm living up under is the definition of Christ. Signs you have an insecurity. Um, T, you talk about other people. You shouldn't have no time to talk about anybody because you're talking to yourself, encouraging yourself, correcting yourself. You talk about other people. Another T, you have a temper problem. Temper, anger, raging emotions is the fruit of an insecurity. I, another I saying you have insecurity. I, you love making others feel insecure. You know you're insecure when you always got jokes for everybody. You're always trying to put people down. You know you got insecure when you always talk about other people. When you want other people to feel insecure, to make you feel secure. Sometimes you have an insecurity. E, you are easily triggered or always defensive. Offended, anxious, or worried. You are easily triggered. Man, uh, when every most of these points was part of my life. So I'm not, I'm not sitting there talking down to y'all. I live these. Um, I used to be always defensive 
because I was insecure about my forehead. I used to be insecure about the way I looked. And so if anyone looked at my forehead, I'd be like, I get, I get defensive. I get whatever. When anyone came around me, a lot of these insecurities was part of my life. So don't, I don't act like I'm just talking to y'all, but, but always anxious. I used to be anxious all the time, worried about everything, <clears throat> easily triggered when things didn't flow my way. So signs of insecurity S, you don't support others. It doesn't matter the price little Nuke Nuke had for his t-shirts. Support him. It Listen, it, people be like, well, it costs too much. Support them. You got to be okay with supporting others, even if they're unrealistic about their, about their price. You got to be, you know, you got to find a way to support them. If you can't support them through profit, through pocket, you support them through words. You support them. But if you are afraid to support others or you don't support others, you're insecure. Now, the S, you settle for less than you should. You know you're insecure when you're selling for Jerome again. You with Jerome again. Come on, man. You with little, little, little Susie that, that, that Jerome just, come on now. And you know they no good. But since you see no good in you and God's goodness hasn't drawn you to repentance to get to the right level of living, a mind that's being renewed to live a righteous, even more righteous life because of the imputed righteousness on you, then you'll settle for something that you shouldn't. Last but not least, you struggle with self-hate. You just don't like yourself. Signs you're insecure. You desire to always impress people. You always need people near or not so near. You always see the negative. You nitpick. You're never genuinely happy for others. You have social anxiety. You shun off, avoid, or avoid what you should need to address. You have no empathy. Oh, that's, uh, okay, that's for other. You crave the approval or attention. You showcase everything. You complain a lot. You're cocky. You can't take a compliment. You're controlling. You're uncertain about who you are and who you, what you're here to do. You fear rejection. You reach out for addictive substances. You let other people define your identity. You talk about other people. You have a temper problem. You love making others feel insecure. You're easily triggered. You don't support others. You settle for less than you should, and you struggle with self-hate. Now, for the last few five or so minutes, we're going to talk about how to overcome the effects of an insecurity, and we're going to get some questions. Now, how to overcome the effects of an insecurity. So when it's insecurity arise, how to handle the effects, the effects, like when you begin to see the call, the causes there, but now you see the effects in your life. Now, how do you handle the effects or overcome the effects of an insecurity? And you begin to see it kind of rising up. E, engage God's presence daily. When you engage God daily, because the Bible says it is in his presence, there's a fullness of joy. Joy is the most powerful outside of love, the one of the greatest forces on this planet. When you have joy, nothing can shake you. When you have joy, nothing negative can move you. So you got to engage God's presence daily. If, if I charge my phone once a week, how can I apply anything on my phone? How can you apply love? How can you apply the applications from God's word when you only charge your phone on Sundays? If you only charge your phone on Sundays and for some of these churches, you don't get no charge. You go in there, you came in there with 1%. You came in on the red and you leave the church with at least a 5%. You got to get into a church that's at least going least to least get you at least get you 30%. You see what I'm saying? Some of y'all go to churches and you ain't get no charge. You got a fake charge. You see what I'm saying? But, but, but how can you expect anything of your phone by Friday if you only charge it on Sundays? You got to charge your phone regularly, daily, to stay applicable, to, to actually apply what you know you need to apply. 
How to overcome the effects of insecurity? F, find out what your insecurities are and find the root cracks. The root cracks. What is the crack in my foundation? What is the crack in my hope? What is causing a crack in my hope in God? Trying to transfer my, trying to move up my whole home on something. I got to find out what my insecurities are and write them down and find the roots of the cracks. Next F, I got to find the rock Jesus and firm up my faith in him with the facts of God's word. I got to find the rock. The word of God says, um, um, let's look at it. Let's break it down. It says, uh, everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. For he or she is like a person building a house who dug deep. You got to dig, you got to dig, uh, you got to dig out the persuasion of the world. Dig out, because there's a lot of stuff on top of Jesus. A lot of stuff that's piling on top of the found, the rock. And, and the devil wants you to look at the ground like, that's sturdy enough. That persuasion is sturdy enough. That theory is sturdy enough. That idea is sturdy enough. But you got to get down and you got to get through. You got to dig deep. I don't care what the world says about that. I got to dig deep to find that bedrock. The Bible says, like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. You got to lay, I got to, as a husband, I got to lay the right foundation on Christ. The other scripture talks about it like this. For no one can lay a foundation other than the which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Verse 12, now if anyone builds on the foundation, who is Jesus, with gold, as you build on him, gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hair, straw, each one's work will become manifested for the day, the day, the judgment day. That's why you got to re- you got to put some respect on that day because that day is coming for all of us. We'll dec- disclose it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. That's why every day you got to build your life with stuff that fire cannot burn. And what God is saying, how do you build properly? You build properly with, with the right motives. See, you can be building the same thing, but the wrong motive. And it looks good to our eyes, but God looks at it and says, I'm going to try it by fire. I'm not going to try the material. I'm going to try the motives. People be like, well, well, it looks good. It looks dirty. And they're like, God, God ain't going to try the material of what you built because the material could be good. A lot of people going to use the material of the name of Jesus to do a lot of good, but they did it with the wrong motive. You know what I'm saying? God's not fire is not going to test the material. The real material is the motives of why it even materialized. For the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on Jesus survives, he will receive the reward. There's rewards in heaven. If anyone's work is burnt up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved. See, if you get to the rock and you're building on Christ and you're saved, that's good. That's This is two types of Christians. There's one Christian who builds with the right motives with maturity. His work, her work will be tested by fire and they will receive many rewards in heaven. But there will be certain believers that have been saved by God, but didn't build properly. They were just, they remain babes. They remain immature. Even though their soul was saved, they suffered loss. Oh, that's why every book I write, I, I do it with the right reason. Every video I do, I do it for, I don't want to get to heaven. And I got 4,000 videos and 4,000 of them are burnt up. I don't got time to write 50 books and I stand before God and 48 of those books are burnt up. I want everything that I do that I put, God, put it in the fire. Here, here's all my videos. Here's all my materials. Here's all my books. Here's every, here's my marriage. Here's my parenting style. Here's everything, everything. Cause I know I did it by the word of God. And I'm going to sit back like this. 
not cocky, but confident, knowing that I deal with the right reason. Now, if there's anything, I might, I might lose. I might lose by a chapter in the book. You know what I'm saying? I might lose some papers. But I ain't going to lose everything. Come on, man. We got to build better. How to overcome the effects of insecurity? You got to find the rock Jesus and firm up your faith in him with the facts. E, you got to embrace who God has created you to be. That's how you overcome insecurity. You got to embrace who God made you to be. You are different. The reason why people are insecure right now because they are trying to be a copy of someone else versus being their original self. See how to overcome the effects of insecurity. You got to challenge insecurities the moment they rise with who you are in Christ. You got to challenge them with the word of God. This is who God says I am. This is how I'm going to roll. You tell the insecurity about being not. I'm a husband because God is making me. I'm, I'm, I'm a husband because of God. I'm not going to be afraid to be a husband. I'm, gonna be, I'm not going to be afraid to be a father. I'm going to be afraid to be a mother. I'm not going to be afraid to be a wife. I'm not going to be afraid to own a business. I'm going to be afraid to have wealth. I'm not going to be infra- afraid to believe that for greater things because I know who's, who's greater. T, I got to think and talk differently. In order to overcome the effects of insecurity, you got to change the way you think. got to change the way you talk. S, how to overcome the effects of insecurity, you got to stay committed in following and being strengthened by the Spirit of God. The only way. The main way, one of the solid ways of overcoming the rise of an insecurity is to know that the spirit is there to help you. There's going to be moments where you're human. Come on, man. You're human. There's going to be moments where you're going to be like, Josh, coach, there's been times where I got into the spare bedroom. I'm like, God, how do I do this, man? How do I do this husband stuff, man? My wife and I, we're about to start trying to have kids. And there, there was moments where I was like, God, ooh. that's a whole human. See, a car, a car is different than a whole human. I went to school in Oklahoma. I went to school in Tulsa. But, 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 or Roberts University. But when I have, when I, there's been thoughts, but I said, you know, I am well able. There was 12 spies. I think it was 10 or 12 spies. Uh, was it 10 or 12? Y'all, y'all no, you know, tired right now. So 10 or 12 spies. Let's say it was 10. Eight of them came back and was like, man, we are like grasshoppers to these giants. Joshua, my main man, my namesake, Caleb came back and was like, what y'all talking about, man? But God, we are well able to possess this land. How many people right now are not possessing the land that God has laid out for them? Vineyards they did not have to uh, uh, do. They All these different things they didn't have to do. And, and, and because... There's giants in the land. They don't possess their land. I refuse to let my insecurities keep me from possessing my land. Insecurities will make you always look like grasshoppers in the eyes or in the presence of giants. Being secured in Christ will make you, even though you're smaller, will always make you feel emboldened and bigger than any giant in your land. I hope this uh, message was a blessing to you. Um, This video will repost so you'll be able to watch it later. You'll be able to digest this even more. I even did a course on this on my lifework.teachable.page uh, uh, where you're able to um, go through my course in security. That was like four years ago, though. Um, so I've grown and gained more insight and wisdom about it. But I pray this message was best blessing. My final thought for you tonight is you can't control the rise of an insecurity, but you can control the life you give an insecurity. Do not give insecurities life. Give the secure security in Christ all the life you have. Activity for those who's on my website, you're so welcome. God gets the glory. Um, I have activity for y'all on my life work page to process your insecurities. Um, 
uh, where is your hope? You last section below to process your insecurities. You can get this worksheet and the holistic plan on my website right now, lifework.teachable.com, uh, where you'll be able to download that worksheet. Now, I'm going to uh, uh, go over some products right now. Get your questions in. Start. I'm going to start right after that. Thank you. I'm going to start answering questionnaire. But uh, all the resources on this uh, course is on my website, The Purpose of Singleness. Uh, you get that book there. That's what sparked this course. Got a book on soul ties and strongholds, the purpose of freedom, how to untie soul ties and uproot strongholds. That book's available for you as well. I got my children's book, as he says, as for the students I serve. It's a great book for kids. I got this book on spiritual warfare, World War Me. I'm giving y'all time to get your questions and get your questions in. It's a book on spiritual warfare, and I got scripture in the back of that book to help you. If you need this book tonight, you can go to my website right now, imunplugged.com. Scroll uh, forward slash worksheet. Scroll a little bit. Scroll a little bit. Um, actually, it's one of the first ones. You can download the PDF for that for free. I got this book called Dating Prep, uh, How to Date Yourself and Love Your Life Forever. Questions that goes with this card game here that I created, Dating Prep. One of the, some of the some of the man God has gifted me to create some amazing stuff, man. I got some card games in the deck, in the in the um, uh, uh, what's the thing called? In the tuck. But this card game dating prep is a card game that you can play uh with yourself as well as with the love of your life. Um, there's three phases. There's a cloud phase. That's when you just met the person. That's the cement phase when things are getting real. That's the corporation phase where you engage, getting married or already married. There's questions for every stage. I'm working on a second sequel to this card game. But every question that's in this card game that I created is actually in the book Dating Prep. So you can get it for yourself and kind of go over the questions and really think about, like, for instance, let's try, let's pick one. Uh, what is your favorite song and why? Think about that as a single person. What is my favorite song and why? Uh, where is your favorite place to shop? But that's a good question to ask a person because these simple questions can really let you know the character of a person. Let's look at a corporation question. Cement question is what are your favorite kind of gifts to receive? That's a great question to ask at a cement phase. What is your favorite book in the Bible and why? Let you know if they read their Bible. You know what I'm saying? Um, cement question. Do you have a history of verbal abuse? That's a great cement question. Let's find a corporation question real quick. Uh, what are some habits that you do to strengthen your relationship with God? When you're sad, what do you do? Listen to the corporation question. As a family, how will we handle our finances? That's a great question for the corporation. Before, before, boo, before we, before you give me that ring, before we get married, how you do your finances? How we gonna, how we gonna do it? Great question. So all these questions also have uh, more worksheets in the book to help you kind of process the question a little bit deeper as a person dating yourself as well as couples, get the book, get the card game for y'all, get two books for each other and begin to really write down the answers to your own questions and talk about how y'all view whatever. Also, my second card game is called Memory Muscle. It's a fun way to memorize scripture. I don't know if I can see that. It's basically um, like this, this card right here is James 1, 2 through 4. And on the back of the card, by yourself, all you got to do is just try to memorize the scripture and there's a way to play it. You can use it, quote it, discuss it. Uh, so this card game is a good way to memorize scripture and by yourself or in a group of people so that you're able to really understand the word and hide in your heart so you won't sin against him. All that good stuff. Uh, let me see if I can find the logo so you'll know what the card game looked like. There we go. So Memory Muscle is the name of the card game. 
and dating preps to name and other card game. All those resources that I just showed you are on my website, IamUnplugged.com. Also, shirts, whole, other good shirts online. I'm worth the wait. Uh, Infatuation is blind, not love. All those good shirts on my website as well. Um, how did you get the idea for writing your children's book? Oh, I just skipped questions. They're going to get mad at me. I got the idea from God. Um, I answer a question real quick. So I'm going to talk on books. Um, I'm going to put y'all on the game. Uh, this is my proof book, but you can kind of see the characters. That's me, Mr. Ezzy. That's my wife, Miss Ezzy. That's Mr. Mo, guy I worked with. Miss Marshall, who's my principal, and I created all these other kids. These kids represent the nine gifts of the spirit. I'm going to put you on game. I ain't supposed to tell nobody. Each kid represents the nine gifts of the spirit, and they kind of all have um, their own, like, miracle. See, miracle. Her strength is very optimistic and joyful. She is a walking miracle. She almost died while being born. Her weakness, not patient with others, wants to force miracles versus letting them happen naturally. The gift of miracles... Uh, Heather Hill, young lady right here, Heather Hill, the gift of healing, emotional healer, strong discerner, and a good listener. Weakness doesn't make time to heal her own wounds. Sometimes when people have the gift to heal, they heal other people, never give themselves times to heal themselves. Carries the burdens longer than they should. So basically, it's a way, of course, it's for a public school system, but I utilize the word of God to kind of give me uh, deep, insightful truths to help children. Uh, help parents really process. The whole purpose of this book is to help kids find their art form, find their purpose. And uh, my wife and I have great plans for this book. And um, show you a clear picture of me. That's me right there, Mr. Ezzy. And uh, the walkie-talkie represents the Holy Spirit. Just want to put you on game. But anyway, that's idea came from God. And um, one of the best ideas God ever gave me, I'm telling you. That's why I spend time with God. God gives you gold. Sometimes we want God to give us things, but God gives us the tools to make the things. God gives us ideas. We want God to give us money, but no, God gives us ideas. Let's go to some questions. Leandra F says, Coach Josh, thank you for the session. You're so welcome. How do I overcome the insecurity of trying to impress my family? They don't think I make enough money as a teacher and they don't like the neighborhood I live in. Well, tell them to kick rocks, unfortunately. Um, and what I mean by that, I, I say that in, in, the, in the most sincere way is because um, they're not God. Uh, parents bring you into this world, but it's your parent, the heavenly father that guides you through this world. And if their guidance don't match God's guidance, then you got to go by God, whether they approve of it or not. Uh, my father back in the day, he was like, why you want to be in ministry? Now he sees the fruit of my ministry. Uh, when I was 21, 22 pursuing ministry, he was like, man, why are you doing this? There's no money in that. Shouldn't you? My dad's Nigerian. Y'all know how Nigerians are. Why won't you try to be a doctor, a lawyer, something like that is going to make money. Um, uh, and then at, when I was 26, he called me into his hospital room. He's alive right now, but he was getting surgery. He asked me to bleed him to Christ. So if you get so caught up on the advice of people, of parents trying to tell you what to do, you may not be able to lead them to Christ because sometimes being obedient to God, they were going to give you pushback in the beginning, but you, they're going to be pulling for you later because they see how God's working in your life. And some parents, they, they're insecure themselves. So they're trying to live vicariously through you. They want to control you because they their whole parenting style was from controlling, was from a controlling standpoint. Therefore, they don't want you to succeed outside of their insecurity. Because if you succeed out of the insecurity, outside of their control, then they no longer have value themselves. See, their value is in you because they want stuff to say when they at the uh, country club, when they at the small group for their church. They want to be able to say, my doctor, I mean, my, 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 my daughter's a doctor. My daughter's a, a this or that so they can look good themselves and parents got to watch out for that 
you, you can't put pressure on a kid so that you can have a great conversation with other people. Trying to have other conversations so you can have your child look better than their child. Man, who cares? Embrace yourself being a teacher. And you have to understand that following Christ is going to put separation even in the midst of your family. Pursuing what God wants you to do is going to put separation because not everybody is willing to be separated for God's purpose. So how do I overcome the insecurity of trying to impress your family? You got to realize your family ain't God. Your family is not God. Your family's not going to judge you on the day of judgment. You got to understand that you got to do everything because of God. He's the one that's the final say so. He's the one that, because you know what's going to happen? If you do everything your mom and daddy say, they'll be happy, but you'll be resentful. They'll be happy. They'll have great things to say, but behind closed doors, you hate what you're doing and you're not happy. And there's so many kids right now who are pursuing degrees and not supposed to. Who cares what your mom and daddy got to say? Get your own money. Get your own house and live your own life. If they be mad at you, they mad at God. They're not really mad at you. They mad at you obeying God and not obeying them. They have a control issue. So you got to separate who they were to you and realize who they are now. Sometimes we get so caught up in a nostalgia of good of, of what we thought as good parents. And then all of a sudden when they when their idols are being pressed and they begin to realize saying that my daughter's a teacher not really cool. And I always got something to say. You got to realize, hey, God got me here. I'm unapologetic. It don't matter what anyone got to say about me. What has God told me to do? And I'm unapologetic about it. So you got to ask yourself these questions. Why do my family, why does my family have too much weight in my life? Why does my family have so much power in my life to the point to where I feel insecure? Be confident that you're a teacher. Be confident you're impacting kids' lives. Be confident you're living in a neighborhood that you live in. That's your house. That's your roof. You pay the bills there. If they got a problem where you live, tell them to put their money where their mouth is. And, and, and I'm going to cut this video. If I'm going to cut this video for you. It's probably going to post a few weeks from now. I want you to find this video or go in the comment section below after this video is posted and find the timestamp to your question. And I want you to say, this is what Coach Josh got to say to you. And I don't, I don't care about the heat they bring me because they keep talking crazy about me. They're going to be in another kind of heat and that's below my feet. You hear me? So you got to walk in a greater confidence that you got to be able to say, I don't care what no one got to say. I'm not here to please them. I'm here to please the one that's enlisted me. They don't think you make enough money to teach you. You got God. Who cares about how much money? That's their problem. They care so much about your money, but they don't, they don't see the one that is your real source. All you got to do is when you're in their presence, it be like, with all due respect, I love what I do. And I, and if you love me, I will appreciate you no longer commenting on this. If they continue to comment, then you'll see their heart. And then you just got to deal with that. That sometimes you're going to grow old and, and your family is not going to like you. And your family's not going to always agree. But if they love you, they'll let you do what you do. But if they love themselves more than they love you, then you got to let you got to you got to lengthen the rope between you and them. You can't be so close anymore. That means you spend only about 45 minutes to an hour on holidays. Let them get the message from your distance. Let them get the message on your change up. And then if they really want you to be around, 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 they'll change how they talk. They'll change their sound if they want you around. Hope to help, my friend. Lion Lion says, should we be pleading the blood of Jesus? If so, what are the effects? Great question. Yes. Um, the blood has power. The blood works. Um I do it. I do it all the time. I plead the blood over my house. I plead the blood over my health. I plead the blood over my family. I call them out by name. I plead the blood because they know what the blood represents. See, when you look at Moses, 
Um, God told them to put the blood on the doorpost so the death angel would pass over. The blood represent they they killed the uh, 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 lamb, unspotted lamb, and put the blood on the doorpost as a representation of when Christ comes, he will have the blood over our lives so the death angel will pass. So when you plead the blood on it and say, this is what this is what the blood covers. So death angel, demonic demon, no matter what it is in my life, you have no access here. You got to say it and, and put power in it and put faith out there. And let demons know there you no trespassing here. I got a, I got a gun full of clips. You see what I'm saying? Six 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 bullets in my clip. You see what I'm saying? I got scriptures ready to go. I plead the blood is effective. Trust me. That's why I ain't been touched because the blood is effective. Pleading the blood is letting the letting demons know to stay at bay. This is covered by God. This is covered by Him. This is divinely protected by Him. And you got to exercise your authority verbally so they can feel the heat of the faith that you have in it. And that's just what it is. Nick Antoine says, how do I care about life again and get out of this slump? How do I get back my drive to better myself, not for people, but for God? Right now, I'm drifting and floating and, pa and passive and not determined. Nick Antoine, you just got to look at yourself and say, man, why am I so passive? Um, See, when... We lose sight of life when we compare our lives. We lose sight of life. We don't look at the one that gave us the life. See, for me, man, like what frees me is not making comparisons. What makes my life so emboldened, so electric, so amazing is because I love the one that gives me life. I'm grateful. I'm thankful. That's where I want you to start, my friend. I want you to write down all the things that you're thankful for. Don't look because when you count your burdens, you'll not have time to count your blessings. But if you count your blessings, you'll never have time to count your burdens. See, sometimes we 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 get disappointed because the big blessings hasn't come yet. And I, I know you're a young man, so you may be at an age like I was when I was 21, 22, when I was in, caught up in comparisons. And I was like, well, they got their degrees. There was a point in my life, early 2000s. Right now, degrees don't even matter right now. I was ahead of my time. Uh, but back then, everybody was pushing. You got to graduate college. You got to graduate college. You got to graduate college. You got to get this good job. And I used to get so caught up on like, man, well, I don't got a degree, so I suck. And life became miserable because I began to compare my, 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 my life to the norms of this realm. But when I began to realize who I am in Christ and his purposes for everything that he has done for me and how interwoven he is into my life and how intrigued he is and invested into the details of my life, my life began to look greater and greater, yo. I began to really embrace life, appreciate life because I began to look at life for what it was meant to be looked at. But, but when you begin to look at life based upon levels versus being leveled. See, we get so caught up on being on levels and trying to achieve levels versus being leveled headed versus being leveled ourselves versus being straight ourselves versus not being crooked ourselves. You get so caught up on different levels and not being leveled yourself that you won't be able to raise and match the line of that level. So how do I care? How do you care about life again? You got to, you got to care. You got to realize or embrace the one that cares about you and be grateful for what you have and not make comparisons. You in a slump right now because, because you're comparing yourself to other people. You don't have everything you think you should have right now. You're basically just getting pruned. Basically, you're just having an idolatrous issue. You're going through, because these are fruits of, of an idolatrous pruning phase. 
is when you start wondering about life and because things didn't really come out like you thought they would, things didn't manifest like you thought it would manifest, and now you feel like a nobody. That's what happens all the time. But when you realize what life is really about, and it's not about impressing people, but in, but but serving God and being an audience, concerned about being in front of the audience of one, man, your life will look magnificent. You'll begin to see the real genuine, pretty, not pretty, you'll see the the how great and valuable life is. How do I get back my drive to better myself? First off, you got to see, you got to determine your desired outcomes, my friend. Um, that's what I had to What are my desired outcomes for my life? And what most believers do, they, they don't have no desired outcomes for their spiritual life. Therefore, they have no disciplined outputs. We have desired outcomes. You'll say, okay, if I desire to have this much money, then I have to discipline. I have to have certain disciplined outputs. If I desire to be successful, then there's daily disciplined outputs I must output every day. To, in, in order to have it, if I want to raise the dead and heal the sick, if I want to be effective and strengthened in my faith, there are certain spiritual disciplined outputs I must do every day to make sure I reach that level. But if you have no desired outcomes, you won't have nothing to occupy your day with disciplines. And so the best way to get the drive back again is determine what are my desired outcomes. First off, you find your desired outcomes by asking divine, what do you have out for me to do? And you, when, the more you begin to engage God, not looking for the answer per se, but to love him by being an answer to your soul, then over time you will begin to fall, not fall in love, but grow in love with him and he'll become your everything and you won't be in slumps no more. How do I get my drive to better myself? Not for people, but for God. People are fickle, man. Man, listen. Freedom, true freedom happens when you can free yourself from the opinions of others. When you realize that people are fake, fickle, phony, then you won't put your you won't put too much stock in people, um, because people who say Hosanna today will say crucify you the next. So you got to anchor yourself now. You're drifting and floating because you're not anchored. You're not anchored. You got to anchor yourself right now, and you got to look yourself in the mirror. Get those tears, cry them out, get vent, get it out, talk to God, be mad, scream, whatever you got to do. Get it out your system. What's out of your system? Then you have a clear head to write things on the paper. What's my desired outcomes for my life? Why do I care so much about what people think about me? Why? Who are these people? Who are they to you? Then you compare those individuals to God and be like, they're not even God. So why do I care? And then over time, you got to really process why you care so much so that you can overcome that, my friend. Um, but you can't drift because if you drift, you'll fall off the edge. You got to anchor yourself now because when storms come, you may move, but you won't drift. You're drifting because your dependency is not in God. And you got to process the idols that's being ripped out of your life right now, causing you to really look at your life and be like, you know what? I ain't really anchored in God. So everything you're saying right now are symptoms of your life not being anchored in God, symptoms of, of, of idolatry, symptoms of, 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 of a lost hope because of a false dependency. And when you do everything I just said, you will at least be on the right track. Miss D says, Coach, how did you keep pursuing your wife after she said no? Go. I got to your question. Well, um, sometimes when, uh, let me just get to my story. So when I first met my wife, my wife came to my Bible study. Her friend brought it to my Bible study. And I was preaching. There was about four or five people there. And uh, she walked in. I started stuttering. I was uh, 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 stuttering because that's how, that's how pretty she was. That's how bad she was. 
I, you know, when, when I went through my wilderness season, I ain't seen women like that. When you go through wilderness phase, you're you like, man, I ain't, I ain't seen women like that. You coming to my Bible study? Anyway, but a couple of weeks passed and I, and I, and my wife was over there. We had, um, when I was doing Unplugged, we had like the, the drinks and uh, not drinks like that, but we had, uh, you know, soda and juices inside this gray bin with some ice. And I, I, I was trying to dip and dodge and see when I can strike. And my sister was around. So I said, let me bring my family around. My sister was there. And I said, you know, hey, thank you for coming. I got this book for you. I was trying to give her a free book. You know, I'm trying to just, you know, coach, coach, come on now. Coach 20, what, 26, 27? So I tried to give her a free book. And uh, I asked her, I said, you know, is it okay if I call you sometimes? And she was about to, she pulled her phone out. She pulled her phone out. And then she was like, no, not right now. And she walked out and went to her car. For like an hour and a half, I sat there and I was like, man, I got told no. I didn't even know how to process that. But it's one thing. It doesn't matter if a person says no. If they're your yes, they'll eventually say yes. And five, six years later, we're married. So what did I do? I just, I don't know how, I don't know what I did. I just went with the flow of God. And I went with the flow of God. I made a lot of mistakes in between. You know what I'm saying? So I went with the flow of God and we're married now. And one thing about, this and I want to encourage you. It doesn't matter how many mistakes you make. If you have the right heart and you endeavor to be in the will of God, no matter what, it will work out for you. It doesn't matter what happens, the arguments you may have, the if that person moves, if that's God's yes for you and you desire to be in his will, and, and no matter what, and you start going with the flow of God and, and you just have a good heart and you genuinely love God more than that person, even though you're kind of confused, but deep down inside, you're a man or woman after God's own heart. It doesn't matter who or what says no to you. If they're God's yes and you have said yes to God and for his way and for his will in your life, they'll eventually say yes. And six years later, she's my wife. That's how it is. But how do I keep pursuing her? Man, coach, man, uh, when uh, my wife can tell you now. If I know it's for me, I know it's for me. Every house we've been in, uh, every place, every, every she's seen faith operating in me in amazing ways. Because I, 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 when you know the Father, you know the flow. As simple as that. When you're the Father, you know the flow. When you, when you trust the Holy Spirit, you know what's yours. I know what has a res. I, I know when it's for Joshua. I know when it's for me. You see what I'm saying? And so when I know it's for me. Some things you don't even have to pursue. It pursues you when it's for you. So, so a lot of fellas out there are like, man, do I pursue my wife? You pursue God, and then she'll find her way in your in your sphere. She will supernaturally find her way within your striking range, and you will be able to, in God's timing, be able to have it. That's my question for that. And for me, as much as coach, in your isolation, process how do you not worry that you are losing your friends? Um. Self-care is more important than caring for friends. It's important for you to take care of you. If in taking care of you, you lose people, then they wasn't fit to care for you. It's that simple. If you need time to care for you and you lose friends or people in the process, those people wasn't really your friends. There are people right now that I ain't talked to in months. My boy, Adam, my boy, Jeff, my boy, Kenny, you see what I'm saying? My boy, Ramon, my homeboys from college. I ain't talked to them in months or weeks. 
But I know they're my real friends. If I call them right now, we'll be on the phone for three or four hours. My homeboy Brandon, we do the podcast together, so we're we're more our friendship is more um, weekly to week, maybe weekly a weekly basis. But I, it doesn't matter. I, I can go four or five months without talking to them. But I know they're my friends. You see what I'm saying? People who leave at the minute that you ain't look paying attention to them, they ain't your real friends. So you have to isolate. If you have to isolate yourself for self-care and self-love and to find yourself, if you lose people in the process, they wasn't your real friends. That's simple. I had people come to me. That's why people was like, you know, why are you not really thirsty for no for new friends? Man, I, I got listen. If you have more than four or five, three to five friends, you end up having a Judas soon. It's that simple. So I don't have that many friends. I'm not looking for new friends. I don't mind uh, what I mean by friend. We're talking about real friendship because friendships. Do you know how much investment you got to put in in real friendships? How much time and energy you got to give in 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 the idea of friendship? So I don't I don't I don't I don't have a sign saying need new friends because need needing new friends means. I got to make up new energy for those new people. Now, there's different friends are different disciples. They people might be mentor or disciple, but that's limited access. Friendships is accountability. You see what I'm saying? So if if you lose people to find yourself, then they wasn't there to help you find yourself. People who love you will let you do whatever you need to do to self-love and self-care for yourself, and they'll be there when you reach out. If they keep reaching for you and you try to and you try not to reach out, those people. Are not qualified um, to be your friends. So, um, process in your isolation process. How do you not worry? Don't worry. Don't be anxious for anything. You got a friend that stick closer than a brother. You got a friend that's a present help in the time of trouble. You got a friend, and he wants to be your friend. And that's what keeps all friendships in line. Your friendship with God keeps all friendships in line. And people, and then you don't you don't have to feel too pressed. If you if you go up, and there's some friends that's going through a phase, let them go through their phases. But but at the same time, if you need time for self love and self care, and you lose period in that people in that period of time, they wasn't your real friends. Old question, renewing minds. I got time for maybe two two more questions. Um, odd question, not old question. Odd question. Renewing mind says recently heard a woman of God do deliverance and rebuke New Age practices like yoga. What are your thoughts? Um, when it comes to things like that, you have to be very careful what you entertain. Um, because I always ask people like with these new dances coming out, when, like when new dances come out, new techniques come out, I always ask, how do we not know 500 years ago that wasn't a dance for sacrifices? How do we not know like 600 years ago that wasn't poses for sacrifices or poses for channeling demonic spirits, but it's been repackaged into a new name and, and but that people ain't going to do their research, ain't going to know. They're entertaining a, a ancient uh, uh, philosophy, ancient idea of demonic channeling and, and demonic stuff in this new age stuff. Nothing's new under the sun. It's, 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 it's repackaged old stuff. So I don't know specifically about what she was talking about, but when it comes to yoga, how do we know these positions ain't wasn't something that they did back in devil worship times that that was blatant like everyone. So someone from 500 years ago going to a yoga studio would be like, oh, my gosh, y'all doing those poses. That was what witches used to do. That's what uh, people we don't know. That's why you got to try everything by the spirit. Try the spirit by the spirit. Don't just go to no hot yoga and you ain't tried the spirit of that of that of what yoga is. Let's look up the definition of yoga. Where did yoga stem from? Where did yoga come from? If it didn't come from Christ, I ain't doing no positions. 
because I'm already in position. You see what I'm saying? So I don't got to do all these. There ain't nothing wrong with stretching, but we're talking about don't do these stretches in environments where you don't even know what demons are in the midst. So to help you understand is try the spirit by the spirit. Test the spirit. Because we don't even know if the stuff that people are doing right now, they didn't do 500 years ago and it was, or they still doing it now in the backwoods somewhere that was for sacrifices and demonic devil worship. So what I would do is um, um, try the spirit by the spirit and the spirit of God will let you know, don't do that. There's just certain things, certain songs, certain things I just don't listen to because I don't got time. Holy Spirit be like, nah, don't do that because they got, there's some stuff on that. And sometimes you just got to trust the spirit. You don't have to have, you don't have to know all the stuff the spirit knows. So the Holy Spirit says, don't do yoga. It don't care about who else. It don't care about who all else do yoga. You don't do it. If everybody else doing it, it don't mean you got to do it. It just means you got to be like, you know what? The Spirit of God told me not to do it. Because not everybody's listening to the Spirit of God. So all this stuff that Christian is and all these Christians doing is a false sense of Christianity. Because everybody wants to do everything. Um, but there are things that are in our world right now. That's why I'll be telling the kids, don't do all these dances. You don't know if these dances they were doing around a, a burning a burning uh, circle. You don't know what these dances came from. You think these dances are new? You think these yoga positions are new? Mm, there's nothing new under the sun. Great question. Especially if you use it for exercise, not as a religion, but as a Christian. I mean, um, if you're doing a pose and the Holy Spirit's like, yo, don't do that pose. Then don't do the pose. Um, nothing wrong with stretching. You just got to study to show yourself approved. So you won't get caught up in a bunch of this crazy stuff out here. You know what I'm saying? That's it for me, guys. The Holy Spirit told me to check out. I'm checking out. Yeah, I'm done. Holy Spirit told me I'm done. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. I pray this uh, podcast was a blessing. I played. I pray this uh, course was a blessing to you. Um, books and resources on my website. Um, we already went through the books. We already went through the card games. Um, ways to support any way you want to support us on my website. You can support by uh, uh, finance. You can support by giving. You support by getting books or resources. You can support uh, by sharing. You can support by putting a like. You can support any kind of way. Just go to my website, imunplugged.com to find out ways you can support what I do here and support yourself. Um, I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Um, next week, we're going to be talking about... I forgot. We'll find out next week, though. Lord willing. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. See y'all next week. And stay encouraged and be safe. I love y'all. Hope you mean. Oh, I love y'all and I mean it. Trust me, I wouldn't be doing this if I don't love you. Y'all have a good night. Peace. <laughs>